You're going to remember this every day for the rest of your life. If you want to get to a goal, if you want to get to your dream, you've got to focus on all the little steps. You have to put in your time. You have to be patient and you have to enjoy the process. Whatever you're doing now, whatever you want to be great at, whatever you want to be special at, I'm sure you, you may be already be good at it, but to be extraordinary, you have to do extra. I firmly believe that we are all here for a very specific reason, to do something truly extraordinary. But what are you going to do to get there? Welcome to the Magna Method Podcast, and I am very fortunate to sit down today with Amanda Christodoulou. She is a Miami Beach Pilates guru, the best in the business, and she we are fortunate that she made time for us today. I'm really excited to have her on the show. Thanks for coming on the show, Amanda. Thanks for having me. Such I'm, a nice welcome. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. She is one of uh, the OGs of anatomy. She was one of the first uh, instructors in anatomy at 1220. And she's done an incredible job uh, from working with the members, teaching hundreds, almost thousands of people in here. She just does an incredible job, honestly, and, and thank you for doing a great job. Thanks. But on top of that, she's also a good person, and she happens to be not only a talented instructor, but she's also, you have a background in social media as well, correct? I do, yeah. And she's going to give us some tips on social media a little bit later on but right now I want to dive into your start Pilates and how you started in the health field tell okay. us well I grew up dancing so my whole life like since I was two years old I was always in a dance studio let go of a lot of other things to be in the dance studio and I think it got to a point in my life where I realized that if I wasn't planning on making dance a career then I really couldn't spend so much time doing it and so in the least quitter kind of way mm -hmm. I decided I needed to move on and I found Pilates and it was very seamless I walked into a Pilates studio my first time I didn't really know what to expect I kind of thought it was for maybe a little bit of an older crowd I mean and I guess it was maybe a little more at the time because mm -hmm. I was 19 how long ago are we talking 11 years. 11 years. You just years. had me tell my age. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> That's why I did it because I know it's not right to ask someone their age directly. Yeah. <laughs> but we want to get us, honestly, the only reason I asked, not for that, sorry, I put you on the spot, was actually for when you started in Pilates because I think what Pilates was, you know, at that time and what it is now is very different. Yeah. Really. And it's come a long way and it's, uh, we'll let, let you talk about that, please. Yeah, it has come a long way. Um, but my first experience walking into a studio, I felt really at home. Like the floors were wood, there were mirrors, there were bars and not, it was just so much like being in a dance studio that before I even touched the equipment, I, something told me that I wanted to do this. And even in, even more interesting, I ended up going into marketing, as you mentioned before, and a lot of internet marketing. And my first Pilates instructor ever, that's where she started too. And then she ended up opening a Pilates studio. So crazy kind of similarities. Um, and yeah, Pilates was a different crowd. There was less men. There was less young people. Um, classes it was harder to find really challenging classes more contemporary style and now you can find anything you want for anyone you want and, and then it was like there probably was probably you have a difficult time actually finding a studio correct yeah and now they're on every corner right I mean, in a good way i mean yeah. they're not even they don't even seem to be competing with each other either it's like this amazing network of instructors that help each other out okay 
and you you started to take Pilates, you enjoyed it, and then at what point do you take the leap? Because I know as you told the story to the anatomy team, you actually had a, had another job and you had to make the transition, which may at the time have seemed like a uh, a big risk. Yeah. But you did that. Tell us about that. I went into internet marketing right after college and I did pretty well. I was doing marketing, PR, social media was just sort of rearing its head and I took it on a little bit and I saw the value in it but it was nothing like it is today and I really didn't like it I mean it was I was successful at it but then it's like you go home at night and it's like what is success what's success a paycheck like I was not happy I was not cooking I was not working out and I was just like what's I'm throwing my life away doing right. this and being unhappy at it so I made that but it's a good job <laughs> <laughs> right exactly yeah. and I was told that repeatedly yeah and oh you're in an amazing industry and it's booming and it's taking off and you're watching it grow from the ground up and I'm like it is and I think other people should do it but I don't see myself doing it right. and I, I'm getting worse and worse in the person department so I decided I didn't even really decide that I was gonna let all of it go as I made my journey through the Pilates training because it's a humongous commitment financially time energy you're basically working for free for a year right and so I intended to continue keeping clients and servicing them and it kind of just all fizzled out I mean some of my biggest clients decided they were going to take their work in-house right. and other little ones I kind of felt okay with letting go and I'm like I don't it just was paving the way for me to do this it really was well you know it's interesting uh, even in my life you know the people on the outside who may want you we think they may want the best for us they always say you know you got to do this you should do this but internally you know when something it may be great it's just not for you yeah and to take that step uh required a lot of courage so congrats on that but Thanks. a lot of people don't do that and 40 years later they're like man i was very unhappy well i mean some people have to take the risk right without any risk is uh, no reward so tell us about the steps you actually you actually took from when I met you here to where you are now is actually there's been a lot that's happened. So oh, tell yeah. us about the path. So the first thing I did was realize that I had no income and that I wasn't really qualified to teach. So I got a job at Lululemon. Mm -hmm. And lucky for me, it was at a showroom, which is super cool because they essentially your job is being in the community and taking classes, wearing their clothes, giving their clothes away for free, exciting people about the brand putting on events doing all these really cool things in the fitness community mm -hmm. and the, it's their way of getting like grassroots marketing going in new locations and so i was able to help them build their name where no, a lot of people hadn't heard of lululemon super super cool job great and environment right great oh yeah people. and they they have done so much for me i owe a lot to my time working with them and from there, I mean, I met so many people and I would tell them I was a Pilates instructor and they would offer me to teach. And I would pretty much teach wherever. Wow. If I could make it there on time, I'm like, yeah, I'll teach. Or, yeah, I'll do that event, private client, whatever. I never really said no unless there was a big reason not to because for whatever. 
So I was driving around, investing little by little in equipment, and I would have, it got to the point where I would have like 10 Pilates rings up my arm. I've had a speaker, a bag of balls, like all this stuff, and I would, I was like the traveling Pilates instructor. And little by little, I would just let them go. I mean, it would get to a point where I would realize that this class, this time, location, the studio, whatever it was, really wasn't doing it for me anymore. Mm -hmm. And before I had to sacrifice the integrity of the type of instructor I was, I would just cut my ties. And I tried to never leave a place badly. I never burned a bridge because I didn't I didn't want to be that instructor that had something to complain about and the clients knew it. I wanted them to know that I was moving on to bigger and better things and that they could still follow me or find me in other places and I didn't want to go out badly with any studio, especially because they are all so close to each other. Right, so We're close. in like the fitness mecca even right now. Oh, this must be I'm thinking at least 10 uh, fitness slash boutique facilities in this two block radius. Yeah, at least in two blocks. Yeah. So, and, and it's interesting how they're all doing fairly well. None of them are actually dying. So I know. there's a lot for it to go around. I love it. It's amazing. And yeah, I've taught at a lot of them and worked at a lot of them. That's right. So now you're you're te- an interesting analogy. I once heard a story about a football coach who was teaching at a college, uh, a big school, but. The weather was always really bad, and he took that program from like a terrible program to a great program. If you hear rain in the background, that's what it is. Anyway, and he got a job later on. He had a lot of success at a university, and then he went to a pro team. And at the pro team, he was absolutely miserable. He didn't realize how happy he was at the university where the weather was terrible and it wasn't optimal until he got to, to a pro level and there was a lot of pressure and he wasn't happy. It reminds me of your job where you're sitting at a desk. You may have this not necessarily cushy but very comfortable slash job. And then I see you trucking your Pilates rings around with all your gear and that should be miserable but you're probably as happy as can be. Absolutely, right? yeah. So how did you make the transition to, to grow yourself, grow your brand, and grow your business? I know this story. Tell them the story. Yeah. <laughs> I know a so, little bit of the story. Well, that was the beginning, was really just teaching everywhere, working for Lululemon, and just making as many connections as I possibly could. And this whole entire time, I also was building my Instagram. I use Instagram the most out of all of the social media outlets. Why? So Why? I prefer it. I think they can all be great for their own thing. I don't think everyone should do all of them. And that was the one that I chose. I felt like photos and videos were best to represent the brand that I wanted to create. So yeah. It's no, the rain's loud. It's okay. We can hear fine, fine. It's not so photos sunny and vi- in Miami. right, exactly. It's rain season. <laughs> so photos and videos, yeah. and you're absolutely right because people are, you know, they're. I think it piques their interest by vision, right? Yeah. When I see a great picture, I click on. It, I want to know more about it. Right. And for me. It was, like you said, I mean, even just a few years ago, Pilates was not as popular as it is today. So I actually started posting a lot of yoga photos because yoga is beautiful Mm -hmm. and I live in a beautiful place and I had this beautiful balcony and I would go out and take a picture and like my dog would creep into it. And I mean, my my page has come such a long way since then with quality, but I knew that there were people out there following yoga people and not really Pilates. So for me, it wasn't, it didn't seem like a smart decision to go out there and start overloading people with content when a lot of people had never done Pilates. I, I, I always 
kick myself for not counting how many people I've taught their first session or class ever because the number is crazy. You're the first person they've experienced with in regards to Pilates session, yeah, right? Yeah, I wish I knew. Right. It's yeah, staggering. I'm sure. So high. I'm I, sure. just, I don't want to sure. say a number because I have <laughs> no idea, but I wish that I counted. So, you know, you're trucking away you're you started posting uh the yoga pics mm -hmm. and then you is that at that point you come to interview at anatomy yeah i was still working with lululemon you guys invited us to your opening party that's right so we uh, me and a few of the other girls were here and it was a really cool space and i'm like well i mean i assume they're gonna offer classes so i came in i interviewed with you and I had no idea that it would turn into what it is today. That was in no way my intention. But really, I think it was, she had a plan. She had everything <laughs> written down, but it sounds nice. I mean, if I wrote this plan down, yeah. people would really think I was crazy. Or they think you're really smart. Well, yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. But I guess I'm not that smart because I had no idea that this would happen at all. And that's really how, that was my attitude through all of it. I mean, like I said, I kept... I felt like the universe was just making this path where it allowed Pilates to come easily to me and for right. me to get clients, but I never really did things with expectations. And that may be something that I learned from my time at Lululemon mm -hmm. because they would give without expectation and I would give free sessions, I would give free advice and people would offer to pay you, but it's like that's really not what I did it for and so... I just, I just wanted you to experience it or I just wanted you to learn this. And right. that's really how I came here as well. So you interview at Anatomy and I th you knew someone, so you got the job. I'm only kidding. <laughs> I actually didn't know her at all, but I, I told the team this, and this actually applies to uh, the majority of the team. You're one of the few, maybe I one of the few that – came in and interviewed that I actually knew nothing about. Mm -hmm. And when I sat there with Amanda, she was happy, she was pleasant, she was polite, respectful, but she was also, uh, she had great energy. And I was, I said, I don't know if she's a good teacher, I really don't, but I, I think she's got great energy and let's see how it goes. And one thing led to another, she taught classes and she's gonna tell you the rest of the story, but it's been a huge win. So thank you for coming in. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, it was so exciting. Um, I really didn't know what to expect either. But I, like I said, I taught a lot of places around here. And I was kind of phasing out of Lululemon. It became that we were, the showroom was now going to turn into a full store, which is always the goal. And then mm -hmm. the showroom closes. And retail was never really why I wanted to be in, involved with the company. I mean, it's an amazing company to work for, but that really wasn't going to help me as much as the showroom did. Right. And I knew that. And it was, like, hard to leave. I mean, you create such a family there, and you are so close with the people that you work with. And they have a lot of employees there, right? Oh, yeah. And they, they really do a lot to help you bond and really grow together and they don't have a lot of turnover so i s decided that i i don't know that's what i did. i just offered one day um i had a reformer in my house and i was teaching privates out of there but i was always on the beach and i didn't live on the beach mm -hmm. and i was like this really just doesn't make sense the driving back and forth right. so i asked you about bringing my equipment to anatomy, I'm like, well, I'll just stick it in a corner and use it when I use it. 
which doesn't sound like a big deal, but if you saw a group fitness room, <laughs> when she asked to put in the room, I was thinking, absolutely not. That's a terrible idea. And she was like, no, no, it's okay. Like, if you just put it over here in the corner. And I was thinking, well, that's a bad idea too, but let's try it. And yeah. She did it and it worked out because you were actually teaching. And it started off in downtime and whenever uh, you could get them in for the privates, right? Yeah. And so I was just kind of building like this off-peak business, off-peak hours. And it was working and I was, I had all this demand that I didn't know what to do with. Mm-hmm. So I would still kind of teach classes in other places during during the peak hours. I mean, when there basically when there was a class in the studio, I couldn't take a client, logically. And I couldn't really rely on when the class was outside because what if it had to move inside and I right. would hate to screw a client over. Right, right, so then this other room in the back corner of anatomy was coming available and you just mentioned it to me in passing and I said, no, I want it. And I knew I wanted it. And I knew that I could make myself so busy because I knew what I was saying no to all this time. Like all the 8s and 9 a.m.s that I couldn't take, I'm like, I know this is going to work. When we didn't, so we thought like, you know, they'll never admit that. They be meaning the front office, but (laughs) they kind of thought that maybe she was in over her head. And I said, well, I don't know if she can or not, but if there's one person that could do it, she can do it. And I said, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And it went very well, right? Yeah. 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 And now we have a whole team. It's like a mini team. That's right. There's a Pilates studio in Anatomy at 1220 run by Amanda, and they are smashing it to pieces. So... And it's so great because the now that I have this ability, and also it's more private. I mean, you could see right into that room, so I think it was a little more intimidating. Right. And Pilates is intimidating enough if you think you're, I hear the same things. I'm sure you, you say, oh, I'm a trainer. You hear the same things over and over. Oh, I'm not flexible. I can't touch my toes. I don't like yoga. Yeah. I, it's, it's like I, I need a little card that says, yeah. this is what Pilates yeah. Yeah. is, and it has nothing to do with those things. And everyone thinks it's easy. And let me just tell you, it's not easy. I, I was going to say I can't do half the things. I probably can't do 80% of the things. <laughs> but that's okay you because can. I'm going to get back in there. And um, it, I know that countless uh, members, your private clients, athletes come in here and, and – what what do you see most? What what Pilates is for everyone, I guess. But mm-hmm. tell us about like, is it best to complement? Best to be the the primary form of training? How, what do you suggest for people who don't know a lot about Pilates? Right. Well, Pilates really truly is for everyone. So whether you have extreme limitations or body pathologies, things going on with your body, if you're overweight, underweight, prenatal, postnatal majorly injured any of that it can all you can always do some form of pilates with a proper instructor and then if you really just want to increase your strength or your flexibility or tone or something to complement what you're already doing and you have no injuries it's still for you Mm -hmm. so i always like for my clients to understand that they are making their body more functional and building their body in a logical way. So when they're building their strength, it's not from doing a thousand crunches and crunching just the top layer of their abs. They're learning how to get into their deep core so that then when they go to squat or deadlift, they actually know how to use it and they don't end up hurting their backs. So you could do it as young as 
five, if you could get that person to pay attention, you could do it till you're 95. Right. And that's what's so cool about it. And it's very forgiving on the joints, right? Very forgiving. Very forgiving on the joints. She's had professional football players in here, mm-hmm. professional basketball players, mm-hmm. I think baseball players. I think every trainer's been in here, correct? Yeah. And, um, yeah. I train a couple of the trainers a few times a week, which also helps. Grant, right? You train Grant. I train Grant, Jacqueline, and Edwin once a week each. Interestingly enough, those are the most fit-looking people we have, so <laughs> apparently I'm going to have to get in here. And mobile. Yeah, well, I'm pretty Maybe. mobile. Maybe. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not mobile at all. I am definitely the worst athlete Maybe on our staff. This is true. Um, so... What do you suggest can a person? I know obviously a person can try start with one time a week, twice a week, mm-hmm. three times a week. What standard? I'd say twice a week, mm-hmm. but that can be anything. Like that can be dropping into a class and then doing a private. If you're totally new to Pilates, I would always say try to start with privates on equipment, right. not necessarily mat. Mat is more challenging. You'd be surprised because you don't have the springs and shoulder blocks and straps holding you in the proper place. So if you do have those overcompensations, which we all do, odds are you're going to use them. So I'd say twice a week with the equipment, with an instructor, do privates if you have the means to do so and grow from there. But at the same time, a lot of people in the last few years, like with the addition of ClassPass and with Pilates studios opening up on every single corner have experienced Pilates for the first time when they may not have ever been able to get into a class before. Whether it was intimidation or financially, they just, they couldn't try it. So the fact that now we have those classes out there and more people are getting, being able to experience it is really amazing for the practice itself. And then if it leads them to do privates because they feel like they need it, then that's great. I think if you do privates and you have someone working with your body specifically and catering to you and teaching you about your body at the same time, you'll get way more out of a group class after than if you just drop into the group class. As you know, I mean, not everybody's body aware. Right, of course. Um, I mean, listen, I've talked to all the people who have come in here and I know that the way they were... Different people respond differently, mm-hmm. especially to the mat and to, to the machine. Right. And you also teach, how many t- days a week are you teaching? I know you should be aware of this. It's three? The the mat class. The mat class. Now I'm only teaching one, the, just the Saturday morning. The Saturday morning class. we have the team teaching the classes now. Right, exactly. And you can always try that first to see if you like it. I guess it's an introduction. Not the same at all, but just uh, a little bit of a taste of Pilates. Yeah. So. It is. Okay. And how do you train yourself? I do everything. Tell us. I, well, of course I do Pilates right. as much as I can. And you're on your own or is there someone teaching you? I do not like training on my own. Okay. I Motivation? No, it's just that I know I am compensating and I'm off to the side and stuff like that. Right. And it's, you know, Pilates instructors aren't perfect. They, they, I can look at someone else's body I could do it in my sleep. But when it comes to me laying there, I want to be perfectly straight. And I want somebody pushing me or extending me longer. So we actually do a little bit of a round robin with the instructors where we all train each other. Okay. Um, so that's how I try to get my Pilates in. But I'll go to a class. I'll go to a beginner's class. I don't care. I okay. just know Pil- uh, some Pilates is better than none. Right. So I'm all for that. Okay. And then I train with Edwin. 
So he Edwin Santiago is yeah. a, one of the amazing trainers on our staff. He thinks he's a good basketball player, but he's actually a better trainer. No, he was a great basketball player, but he's also an awesome trainer. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's awesome. And he, so he trains me. I've been working with him for over a year now, which is so crazy. That's right. Well, at least once a week, sometimes twice. Depends on our schedules. But we, I mean, he, I feel like he thinks I'm a basketball player sometimes. 5'1". 5'1". Yeah. <laughs> She's jumping on. female Spud McKenzie. Spud McKenzie, Spud Webb, excuse me, Atlanta Hawks. But um, yeah, she's doing plyos, jumping on boxes. Oh yeah, one leg bounding. Yeah, it's crazy, it. and he's and he laughs. Yeah, and he has me do it, and he's like, I can't believe you could yeah. do that. And I'm it's, like, you made me do yeah, it. It's not standard procedure for your trainer to laugh at you, but this is okay because it's kind of trainer <laughs> on trainer. It, I mean, I laugh too, so right. and he laughs with me. With you. Yeah, and then I I have a, like a guilty pleasure. I love boxing. Boxing. Yeah. You go to a place, you can plug another place. Mm -hmm. Which place do you go to? Oh my gosh. Well, I like a lot of places, but I like Sobe Kick. I like The Box, which is over the bridge, not even on I the bridge. I heard beach. The Box is special, so it shout is. out to The Box. Yeah. And um, and I promised I'd go, and I haven't been there yet, so I still owe a torture session to The Box. <laughs> yeah, we have to do that. Yeah, That'll be should. fun. And then I, I go to this place that's all the way up by me, The Fit Shop, which I think is oh, yeah. what you're right. thinking right. of. The Fit yeah. Shop. I was talking about The Fit Shop. Yeah. I heard it's brutal. It is. It's amazing. I love do? it. Everything. So I take this class called Supercharge. You do a few rounds. Well, you warm up, and then you do a few rounds of different exercises, like a boot camp style, like maybe like a CrossFit style, but I've never actually done CrossFit. Right. So I'm just assuming it's kind of like that. Like it's all, it's written on the boards. And right, right. It's all these different exercises, different body parts. And then at the end, you hit a bag, but it's soft. It's like a soft... With your hands. Yeah, with your well, you wear gloves. Okay. But it's not like a heavy bag that yeah, kind of yeah. bounds back. Mm -hmm. So I love boxing. I hurt my shoulder doing it, but I just love it. I find it so fun. Why do all women love beating a bag? <laughs> I, I I think this is something that needs to be discussed in another episode. But honestly, okay. they love pounding away at a bag, and I don't know. That's another. I like story. the coordination. Oh. Yeah. It sounds like coordination-driven activity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you know, needless to say, you're, you're, actually, you're killing it. You're training yourself. And uh, in all seriousness, if you're looking for a great Pilates instructor, uh, Amanda is all over, but she's at Anatomy at 1220. She teaches privates here, uh, small groups here, and she has one class, uh, one a week. And the team teaches uh, two other classes a week. She teaches on Saturday. Now, let's dive into a little bit of the social media, if you don't mind. Yeah. So that was your profession before you started Pilates. And we all need help with our social media pages. I need tons of help because my followers go up, then they mm -hmm. drop, then they go up, and then they post an ad and they drop. We know how that works. Yeah. What can we do and to improve the quality of our content? Yeah. Well, it's a harsh world right now. Our followers are not our friends. This is true. And that's something that I think I try. They're all judging us. <laughs> yeah, that's all it's about. Um, I think that that's something that I try to remind people a lot when they ask me about this is you can't just post everything because you, it does something for you. I mean, I'm referring to people that have right. branded pages and like something to sell or promote. You have to remember that you're not after yourself as your client. So 
I don't train a bunch of people that are exactly like me. This is good advice. Listen, because when she gave me this tip and the team this tip, I was like, wow, this is really true because we all want to do things for us. Right. Right. And we also assume, and it's natural to assume, I mean, we are, we're hybrids. We're a brand, but we're individuals. And so we assume that the people that train with us and are friends with us and love us want to know what we feel about everything whether it's a rant or whether it's promoting a product and we forget that sometimes it's irrelevant and so if I like to always ask myself the question when I'm going to put something up out there does my not my friends not my mom not myself but does my ideal client relate to this and does it have anything to do with her who she is or who he is so I think that that's something that really really improves your quality when you're putting things out there and don't forget these are I mean it's not that it's fact but this is tried and tested like if you're building a mm-hmm. brand of course these things apply but if you're having your own personal page you get to do whatever you want you can always do whatever you want but these are just guidelines. And, you know, if you're build, truly building a brand, you're trying to reach a very specific person, a very specific target. And that's what Amanda's speaking to. Right. Exactly. And then just quality in general, making sure, did you spell everything right? And did you reread it? And is there grammatical errors? Or does your picture have anything to do with what you're talking about? How about that one? That's a big one. <laughs> I like the religious posts in uh, thongs. Yeah, right. Those are the best one. Following God right, <laughs> in the right. thong. Those are the best. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And, <laughs> and also, another really big one is conditioning your followers to expect something. So if you're always writing like one word little phrases mm-hmm. or something like that or a couple word phrases and then all of a sudden you come out with a huge rant, you're probably going to lose people that day. Because even though you feel like you have 45,000 friends following you, they, a lot of people just skip. They like if they like, or they just skip. And then they see this big, long bunch of words, and they're like, I don't want to see that. So they get rid of you. That's how easy it is for someone to make a decision. Quick, quick judgments, quick judgments. Right. So talk to, I do certain things in social media that I know that uh, are, I think I know that are just bad, but I do them anyway. <laughs> okay. So tell us about like, I, I tag, my intention was I tag everyone on the anatomy team on right. purpose because I want everyone to kind of see who's on the team and I want everyone to follow the team. Right. So is that bad? How bad is it? I don't think that's bad, but you also, your style is actually long informative posts. So people that follow you know that they're going to see a post in the morning, Mm -hmm. every morning, and that it's going to be long and you're going to explain things and you're going to tag people. But that's not a bad thing because if somebody doesn't want to see that, they've probably already unfollowed you. Right. Or they just ignore the content and look at the video because you post a lot of videos. It's the randomly starting to do things like if you started posting five times in a row in the afternoon when you're like a early early morning poster you might lose people right it's things like that it's conditioning and it's not to say that you can't change what your followers expect from you because you can you can make that choice it's just the bouncing back and forth that reminds people that they follow you and that's when that's when you lose them right what about the um video or picture what's better 
I think that depends on the page for okay. sure. Okay. My page is a lot more photos, but when I post videos, they do really well. Okay, okay. And hashtags, let's talk about the hashtag mm -hmm. culture. What's the best way to uh, to place or, or list uh, mm -hmm. mindful quality hashtags? Um, I'm a big hashtagger. I always have to. There, is there a hashtag limit? I, there is. I think they set it for you, though. Oh, I really? think that they, yeah, they block you off at a certain point. But I say in the first comment, not in your caption. Mm -hmm. So again, it doesn't like clog someone's feet. Oh, wow, that's feed. true. And how about the same thing with tagging people, right? Yeah, I guess. Okay. Yeah, that would make, make sense, too. I don't do that, so... But yeah, I think that that makes sense too. Keep it with your hashtags, unless for some reason it's something special. But if you're mm -hmm. gonna do it every time, right, right. then I'd put it in the first comment. And then with hashtags, you have to be really descriptive. I mean, how many Instagram accounts are there? There's so many. Mm -hmm. So hashtag Miami is not getting you anyone new coming to your page, especially when you post a picture of yourself inside that could be taken anywhere. Right. And what do you do with uh, negative uh, comments, honestly? Yeah. That's really tough when you get negative comments. Because they're a follower. But Yes, they are. And but I try to always write back. I write back something. Because, like, actually, something you say all the time is you're always on stage. You're always being watched. So a person that follows you wants to see how you handle that oh yeah, oh, yeah. I, I had a guy come up to me one time and he said oh man i was so excited when that guy went at you like that i wanted to hear what you had to say and my reply was i appreciate your i said what did i say i appreciate your opinion mm -hmm. thanks so much for following right and that was it <laughs> and it crushed my soul to say that but the truth is no one wants to hear me lash out at this guy and start going at him and like ripping his throat out like or maybe people do right but you know? if they do that's not authentic to you. Yeah. You I know, mean, that's not your style. And people can be really hurtful and really just go after you on Instagram pages. But it's like we're vulnerable enough putting ourselves out there and like posting pictures of yourself is not easy. I think oh yeah. you and I definitely agree oh yeah. with that. Oh but yeah. you do it and then someone has the nerve to make a negative comment on top of that is really awful. And oh you just yeah. have to handle it with grace. Yeah. That's good advice. Are you blocking anyone? No, I've never blocked anybody. But I've never had one person harass me multiple times. So okay. I guess I would take that on right. a case-by-case -case basis. Right. What would you say to a fitness professional if they were going to uh, try to step up their social media account game? What advice would you give them? I'd say try to figure out what makes you a little bit unique to other people. And I, I don't mean like every single fitness professional should reinvent the wheel. But if your thing is that you are really knowledgeable in nutrition, then combine that in a really unique way that's unique to you. And how, think about the conversations that you have with your clients. Maybe mm -hmm. you don't know what your little niche is. Right. But when you talk to your clients, where does the conversation always go? If it's always food or if it's always stretching or whatever it is maybe it's sleep okay so i skipped this question i have okay. to go back to it okay what is your 
what advice would you give to a person starting out in the fitness field? They want to be an instructor. They want to be a Pilates instructor like you. They want to be a personal trainer. What's the best advice you give? You can give them one piece of information, give them two pieces of information. What would you share with them? It's like, what would you share with a younger mm-hmm. Am- Amanda starting on the business, right? Yeah. Um, casting a really wide net is my piece of advice I think I'd give them. When I think about it, like I said before, I taught everywhere, everyone. Mm-hmm. I would do it for free. I would do it for really low amounts, like just to get myself started and just with no expectation. Which is hard to do when you have to pay the bills. Of course it is. Right. And and it's you just have to know that in this industry, you are hour by hour. So you just have to add another hour to your day at that time. Right. I mean, I'm about balance, of mm-hmm. course, but I'm also about doing what you need to do and if it means like all right well i need to wake up early and train some random person because they're going to take a picture for me you just do it and then if it works it's amazing and if it doesn't work it was an hour but there's a ceiling on hours right so let's say you work 16 hours a day how do you now that you're at the level you're at Mm -hmm. what do you do to uh parlay what you do into more and by the way it doesn't have to be more if you're happy with what you're doing you work 14 15 hours a day or it's eight hours a day i could care less if you're happy, that's what it's all about. But what would you do or what are you doing now to parlay your craft? Because there's a ceiling on hours. Yes, there's a ceiling on hours. That's for sure. I try to maximize every single hour. So the gaps in my schedule, I actually put something in my calendar that tells me what to do mm. the night before or the day before or even sometimes I'll do it on Sunday for the whole week. So I have to schedule Things that you would think to a trainer would come naturally, like eating or working out yourself. But an hour will go by, and if I forget, well, I'm not going to get to do those things because I'm stuck in sessions. Oh, yeah. And you just don't have time. And sometimes I literally put in shower. Like, that's what time you're going to shower. I know it will. And so, yeah, we all do. That's, That's the life. But when we're in session, we can't be on our phones. And we can't put up our Instagrams or do anything. We're in sessions. So I think that I I schedule myself out. That's how I maximize my time. But time is time. Mm. And that's why I also have a team so that I have some time to sit down and do marketing for us as a team and think about those things and develop them as instructors. Of course. But I have to step away to do that. That's right. Now, what are your thoughts? You work on, you know, you have a business within a business, of course, but you mm-hmm. certainly are a big part of the anatomy team. What are your thoughts about working with a team? I mean, because a lot of people, listen, there's two different kinds of people in the world. There are people who thrive in a team environment and then other people that don't. And this is just my belief. The people that don't thrive in a team environment, that doesn't mean they're bad people at all. It just means that they haven't learned to maximize what, a team culture brings to their world. Um, and that's firmly what I believe. But that's just my, because I've been involved with teams since I was six years old. Right. And I know that the guys that didn't thrive in a team environment, that's just because they didn't understand how to give as much as they've received. So what are your thoughts about working with the team at Anatomy? Um, I love working on a team. And I actually, it's interesting, I only just thought of this now, but I've always, like when I, even as a dancer, been a part of a team, but also an individual. Because sometimes you're dancing in a group of 50 and sometimes you're by yourself. So developing that by yourself. 
So that's kind of where I am now, which I never realized the parallel until just now. But Mm -hmm. I love being a part of the team. I think that it helps so much the fact that I want to be doing what you guys are doing and sitting through your meetings because it helps me connect with you guys and so you know who I am and I know who you are and then when I have a client that we share I already kind of know like I know if they work with Grant well I know Grant really well I work with him too so I think team being on a team is so important and I try to make my Pilates body team just as amazing as the anatomy team which is a lot to live up to well, we definitely have some all-stars on the team. You're certainly one of them. But Amanda's referring to the weekly meetings we have, which are educational. We work on public speaking, uh, team bonding. There's a lot of things that happen uh, at the 2 o'clock hour on Thursday. And uh, honestly, some of the best times of the week. I really, really look forward to it because I get to spend time with the team. Right. Um, you cannot understand what goes on behind those walls unless you are a part of the team. Um now, Amanda, we're going to get into a few questions. This is kind of speed roundish, but you can elaborate on some of the things. Certainly take your time, rush, do whatever you want. Three qualities that best describe you. <laughs> Let's go. I feel like you're, you answer this so many times in life. I know what it is. But. Okay. I say passionate. I'm super passionate. Anyone that knows me for five minutes is going to know that. I am... Grateful, very grateful, make a big point of practicing gratitude as much as possible. And right now and for a while and hopefully for a long time in the future, happy. Okay, favorite habit. What is a habit that you do daily that most people don't know about you? Okay, a habit I do daily that most people don't know. I'm going to have to go with a newer one, which is meditate. I have, now I do it every day, but there's been times where I was doing it every day and then I would stop, but now I'm like in it. This is it. I'm, I'm meditating now. It's daily. It's a practice. 20 minutes? I wish I'm like more like 10 now. 10 minutes because of yeah. time, right? Yeah, but no, but I want that number to grow. It's just also keeping it staying in the moment yeah staying in the moment it's harder to meditate than most people think yeah okay favorite let's go favorite food salmon salmon of course farmed (laughs) (laughs) all right favorite cheat food um french fries french fries from where oh i don't know i I just love potatoes potatoes white potatoes yeah just, yeah, I love it. All, in all different kinds of unhealthy ways. All right. I'm going to consult my list here of questions. So we okay. did favorite hobby, favorite food, favorite cheap food, favorite restaurant. Um, favorite restaurant. Oh, I love this restaurant. Oh, you know what? I love 27. What kind of restaurant is that? It's a really, really different food, but the vibe, it's like almost like being in someone's living room, super Miami, like palm tree curtains and pillows everywhere. It's really cute. I've heard of it, actually. It's right here in Miami Beach. Okay. Uh, If you have one, if you don't, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Favorite sports team? (laughs) I do not have one. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sorry, Alex. We're just going to go with the Patriots. Favorite, (laughs) Favorite athlete? Um, Do you have one? Uh, 
I pr- I should. Edwin Santiago. <laughs> we'll just say we'll fill. We'll f- I mean, we can say like Jeremy Cash, yeah, Jeremy my most Cash. recent Jeremy, NFL yeah. client. He's a linebacker for the Panthers and a great great guy. Um, I hope we don't make yeah. Benno mad. I love Benno too. No, Benno's a great player. <laughs> Detroit Piston basketball player. Favorite actor? Do you have one? I really don't. Oh my gosh. No problem. Favorite book? Sleep Smarter. Sleep Smarter. Gosh. Sean Stevenson. Sean, I know. He's, he's, he's such a bone to pick with him, but he's right. You do? He's, <laughs> oh, yeah, he's right. You do. He's right. Because I don't sleep, but he's absolutely right. Favorite movie? Bridesmaids. You know, I heard there's one coming out called Bachelorette Party. Really? That's supposed to be better than Bridesmaids. No way. Yeah, with Scarlett Johansson. Oh, and my God. It's supposed God. to be better than Bridesmaids, really. Bridesmaids can make yeah. me laugh no matter what. The plane scene's the best. I know. <laughs> <laughs> the, she's the best. She's amazing. Melissa McCarthy, right? Okay. Uh, Favor, we did We did book, right? Sleep Smarter. Sleep Smarter. That's not really a book. That's a book. But. That is a book. Okay. All right. Favorite TV show? Um. Well, I want to say the leftovers, but I'm so unhappy with, with the ending. The ending. Yeah, that was so rough. So I just go with Game of Thrones. That was rough. I haven't seen one episode of Game of Thrones. Oh my goodness! That's, everyone says the exact same response right there. It's unreal. I heard. Favorite quote. When you want something, the universe conspires to help you get it. Nice. Mentor, can you speak to a mentor in any way, shape, or form? Yeah, actually, Sean Stevenson. He doesn't know it. This guy, Sean Stevenson. Sean Stevenson's great. I have to give credit. Go ahead, man. I'm sorry. He's just so smart, and his delivery is amazing. And I really feel like when it comes to health, you need one person that you follow because it's not your doctor and it's not your mom. It's like... Someone that you trust, and that's that person for me. He's good. Uh, if you want, if you if you don't want to read the book uh, Sleep Smarter, by the way, you can um, YouTube Sleep Smarter, and it'll come up. He gives tons of speeches on YouTube. You can listen to a podcast, all very informative, kind of the same information in his story, but all very powerful. And you should definitely uh, give it a shot. Okay, yeah. Sean Stevenson, S H A W N Stevenson. Yeah. Okay, if you could put one phrase or word on a billboard, what would it be? Love yourself. Love yourself. Yeah. Which is a practice. It doesn't happen easily. Absolutely. Would you like to plug something? Anything? Oh my gosh, I didn't know I was going to get this opportunity. I know, let's go. Um, no, just Pilates. Whether it's with me or with someone else. Try it. You owe it to your body. You put it through a lot. Pilates will feel good. Pilates should be added to everyone's life in one way or another. So if you have access, figure it out. Do it. Sweet. Social media handles. At Pilates underscore body. That's my Instagram. And then my Facebook is the same. I think it's facebook.com forward slash Pilates body MIA. Amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show, Amanda. I really appreciate it. Check out Pilates. Check out Amanda on social media. Check out Anatomy. Amanda teaches at Anatomy. And have an amazing, powerful week. Thank you.